Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. What is going on? Welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars show that brings you up to date with all of the Star Wars news that you missed this week and laces it with witty banter. And although you can't see it because you're listening to a podcast, a huge dollop of wildly good looks. I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Mark Asquith, and uh, I'm going to bring him on in a second because I am joined by one of the top three best looking people in Star Wars podcasts, this side of uh, the Kessel Run. It is Mr. Gary Ailton. I'm going to bring him on in a second. But before I do that, I need to give a shout out to Patreon and our wonderful patrons who support this show. If you are like them and you like a bit of Star Wars news and you like a little bit of that witty banter and aforementioned good looks, you can also get something to adorn your fancy laptop with a shiny sticker from our Patreon from as low as one book per month. Come and join the rest of the Jedi over there, which is at sparkrebellion.com forward slash Patreon. Now, without further ado, let's bring on the person who puts the light into Where's My Lightsaber? It is, of course, Mr. Gary Ailett. All right, dude, how are you this week? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you, buddy. You've been very generous with your intro and your remarks today. Well, you, you normally have a little wine. <laughs> Do I? Yeah, you're like, oh, he's grumpy today. I'm not grumpy. I sometimes pay you compliments, sometimes keep you on your toes, you know? That's why it works. Yeah. yeah Sessions. No dead weight. Exactly. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Excited about the old uh, run up to Kenobi and celebration. It's not far away now. I think it's, no. uh, what are we now? We're recording this on Friday the 20th. So a week, exactly a week. And we'll be rocking and rolling with uh, with that stuff. So, yeah, getting hyped about that, mate. It's all good. How are you? I know. It's uh, he's exciting, isn't it? It's, I'm looking forward to it. That's what I've been doing this week. I know we'll get onto that, and I'll, uh, you know, but I'm just going to tell you straight. That is what I've been doing this week. It's just been watching all of the YouTube interviews and all of the, um, some of the behind the scenes stuff, which has been really cool. Some of the, uh, some of the Annie Leibovitz stuff um, that they've done over on YouTube with the photography and um some of the sort of little bits of promo that they've done. They, they seem to have done a hell of a lot of promo for this versus what they did for the others. Like a lot of like here's Hayden and, 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 uh, and you and McGregor and, and, and um, Moses Ingram. They've done a lot more of that than they did for like Mandalorian or any of that stuff. So I think you can see how much it matters to them. And uh, I've been voraciously reading that brotherhood book, which I'm zipping through as well. Cause it's really good. Um, so yeah, loving it, man. What about you? You done much this week? Star Wars? Eh? Uh, similar to you, mate. Yeah, just watching a bunch of bunch of stuff on online that uh, Lucasfilm and, and Disney have put out for a celebration. It was a really good one that Ewan McGregor did, where he recounted some of his first first um, like a mental diary, I suppose, when he was working on the Phantom Menace and getting involved in the very first lightsaber fight that they did and working out all the the, the moves for that, which is really good. And then 
the prop the prop master dude turning up with the box of all like all the different lightsabers. There was like eight different versions. He was like, "We'll just pick the one that you think Obi Wan would use, and we'll use that in a film." So he's like a little fanboy doing that, which is really cool. So yeah, same as you, man. Watching that stuff in the run up to next week, and also reading through Brotherhood. I think I'm on chapter nine now. I think. Uh, so that's been very cool so far. So not a bad Star Wars week. Good man, it's a good book, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's good. Mike Chen. Yeah, Jenny. good. I like how they go between uh, literally like a sort of question and answer sort of method of writing, where one chapter it's uh, Anakin, then it's Obi Wan, and then back again. It's very cool. Has it as the story sort of ramps up, mm. you see the perspective from both of them, which I assume is going to culminate at some point. But no, yeah, it's very cool. Good, good, good. And we'll do a bit of a review on that then when we've both finished it. But it's been a busy week for Star Wars. We've had some announcements that um, I didn't think we'd get until Celebration next week, which is uh, which is quite interesting. But there's been some things that have come out recently, uh, which we'll get to in a second. There's, there's obviously a lot more we could talk about. We've picked a few news articles this week that we think are uh, a decent mix, but there is a lot more around what Disney have, have announced and, and some of that stuff that we'll get to probably as Celebration ramps up. But... The first one, Gaz, is, uh, uh, you know, friend of mine, friend of yours, friend of Mike Zero, of course, Kathleen Kennedy. Um, <laughs> she's been at it again. Oh, I can watch some of his videos this week as well, by the way. We need to talk about that at some point. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, it really is hilarious. But um, What a guy. Oh, what yeah. a guy. Um, <laughs> what a guy. But, yeah, so... You know that issue with Rey in the sequels? You remember when Last Jedi was ramping up and everyone was was, was uh, saying, well, what is Rey? Is she like, is she Qui-Gon related? Is she, a, is she such and such related? Or is she is she a, one of the popular theories, of course, that she's a Kenobi? Um, turns out she wasn't in the end. Didn't happen in the end. But Kathleen Kennedy's come out this week and, and spoken to a few places, including comicbook.com, uh, comicbook.com, who have reported that... Um, Kathleen discussed this idea of Rey being a Kenobi and, and, and how that flew in the face of everything that George Lucas set out for the Jedi and, and uh, Obi-Wan in particular, this Jedi master that has no attachments and so on and how the heck would you get a kid out of that? Um, and I know that, you know, we had so much discussion about this in the past, you know, well, you know, he wasn't a Jedi when all the Jedi were dead and he was 20 years on his own. Blah, blah. So there was all those sort of, you know, th- there are story elements that will allow you to get around it. And, um, I thought it was quite interesting that that she said, you know, that was never on the table because of that, you know, what Lucas had set out for the Jedi, what Lucas had set out for Obi-Wan. And um, for that to come out at the same time that we're reading Brotherhood, which does sort of, in some of the chapters, you know, Dex, you remember Dex from Attack of the Clones, he sort of needles, and even Anakin does a little bit, you know, needles Obi-Wan a little bit for his relationship with Satine. Uh, Satine cries, obviously. Um... So it's interesting, man. It was, uh, it was just, this is an interesting story at the time that this book's come out, you know? Um, and I'm, we might see the relationship side. Um, we saw that in, in, is it Justin Jackson or John Jackson, Justin John, whatever his name is, when he wrote the Kenobi book, there was that sort of tentative relationship with the, the, the cantina owner. Um, so just an interesting sort of juxtaposition records for this week you know that book's there doing this stuff and then Kathleen said this stuff so I don't know quite quite a quite a fascinating little tidbit I thought to report on it is yeah and I think more than anything it shows that uh, Kathleen Kennedy is a bit more than just someone in an office writing a check somewhere and uh, just saying yeah that fits our bottom line that doesn't or whatever it does show that she's I think I think a lot of people discredit her for that I think if uh 
if, if you're one of these, like you mentioned, Mike Zero and like some of these other characters that almost make a living from just bashing Kathleen Kennedy and stuff like that. And we're not saying that she's infallible or she hasn't made any crappy decisions, but it does show that she's she's aware of this stuff. You know, it's it's it's, it's not just a, oh, I'll just let you guys get on with it. You 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 write the stuff. I'll just sign it off or whatever. So I think that's cool. I, I do think that she she's aware of the whole law around the Jedi and some of those things that you and I have spoken about a few times around attachment and that kind of thing. So I think it's cool, but it's it's super interesting though because if they had have gone down that road with Ray being a Kenobi, then it's in, it's in my mind that just reinforces him as being a bit of a player because we did have the whole Satine thing in in Clone Wars and then in that uh, that book Kenobi gets a little bit friendly with old uh, what's her face the cantina owner so it's really weird and there's a little um there's a little bit in the brotherhood book actually where anakin is going through the ceremonies just been made a jedi knights and uh he has a couple of there's a couple of little little nuggets where he looks over at obi-wan and has this kind of sigh he's like typical obi-wan you know during the war he's like messing with the details so at face value obi-wan comes across as somebody who's very by the book you know and is very concerned with the details and all that stuff but in reality i think he does tread that line a little bit with some of the jedi beliefs and stuff you know around attachment and allowing himself to be emotionally connected to somebody so this is like a real big subject we could probably talk about this for ages but it's a real interesting little nugget and i'm glad that kathleen kennedy is aware of it and and she knows the crack so yeah it's cool dude yeah i think you nailed it man i i also like this idea that I'm hoping in new canon someone addresses it. We talked about it when we did the sequel pitch episode, that idea of, you know, that it, it cl- that clearly didn't freaking work. You know, it was <laughs> the thing that pushed the chosen one into the arms of the Sith, you know, like let them have attachment. Maybe that'll bring them back. You know, they're not going to do bad shit because they've got to get home to Padme, you know? So it's sort of a, I, I, I want that to be handled a little bit in new canon. I think that would be a really fascinating thing and not just, gray jedi as in light and dark but purely the human side of it you know that that pure attachment thing so yeah you're right i, I agree obon's a bit of a player and i'm i'm hoping that they do they do uh, address that to a degree um but we'll see i don't know if there'll be any of that in in in, in obi-wan kenobi i mean i don't know if he'll have time for it, it sounds like he's going to be rollicking around a little bit but it'd be nice to see him you know christ i've been here for 10 years got a bit of this on the side sort of thing <laughs> who knows you know because you're right he's a bit of a warman um but we shall move on because we've got some pretty cool merch coming out um i always like seeing these you know star wars celebration always brings with it announcements and and new merchandise that is coming out uh exclusives and and, and so on like reveals from all the different licensees that that, that are, are, are part of the star wars merchandise universe and and we've had the first batch of those released over on starwars.com. So we've got, uh, we'll stick a link in the show notes, but there's some pretty nifty merch here that you can get now. Um, we've got things like little mini suitcases, um, an American tourist, which seems a bit dear, seems a bit much, <laughs> under 200 bucks, uh, a, a, a platinum R2-D2 Tamagotchi, a citizen watch, um, a little book, uh, an Obi-Wan book, which is which is quite uh Quite cute little sort of Lucasfilm press thing. A couple of t-shirts, a couple of calendars, and a couple of little pin badges, all sorts of stuff. Um, figures, helmets, the white bubble. Fit. Like, there's so many things, the Kota Bakia stuff that I always really enjoy. Um, the thing that really caught my idea, I mean, we can go on about this forever, um, but 
there is one thing that caught my eye, which is that set of High Republic books. So this is a, a set of hardback High Republic books with um, what appears to be sort of the, you know, the galactic inscriptions, if you like, you know, the sort of um, the holograms that you see when you see them on holocrons and it's got any writing on it. It's that sort of glyph that is on there that we've seen in the Clone Wars. Um, so there is a lot of merch here, which we'll stick a link to, like I said, but um, that's the thing that caught my eye is one of these, one of the things that I'd really quite like as part of this first batch of um, celebration merch. Um, anything, anything from this list, dude, caught you? Anything fun on here that you might take a pop at? Mm, those books do look cool. The, the Delray book of the box set, 250 bucks though, for those, for those books. Bloody hell. Being a Star Wars fan, it's not, it's not cheap. It is not cheap. So they look pretty cool. There was a couple of other things as well. There's this, um, uh, this, uh, insights edition, this, um, Star Wars Legion, um, uh, Stormtrooper helmet, which looks very cool. And they've also got, I'm not really into pop Funkos much these days, but they've got the cutest bloody little Lando Calrissian in the Millennium Falcon. Just looks proper cute that's the only word for it it looks pretty badass uh, and then the only other thing again which is ridiculously expensive uh is this art canvas print they've got of um the book of boba fett which looks kind of cool but it's nearly a thousand bucks man it's it's expensive stuff but it's all good i imagine there'll be a few more bits landing as well between now and and celebration oh the only other thing which uh i need to pick up as well is a couple of these moby fox apple watch bands they look pretty sweet but other than that it's all pretty good man Nice, man. You know, Sam got me a Moby Fox, uh, a, a Rebellion one for Christmas last year. Um, and it, they are cool. You get a lot of watch faces with them. Get you like your own little app and everything. And there's a load of watch faces on there, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I like them because they're reasonably priced as well. You know, they're not, I think it's not, uh, it's not anything crazy. I, I have to admit that Boba, Boba print, that art does look good. I'm, it's silly expensive, but it looks amazing. The thing that stopped me buying it, though, is just because I'm not, I don't know, it looks... I'd never see the characters, you know, like with the OT, I'm sort of like, okay, that's Luke Skywalker, not Mark Hamill. Whereas this one, I'm like, that's Tamir Morrison, that's not Boba Fett, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, Fennec Shand, you know, Ming-Na Wen, I'm like, that's Ming-Na Wen, is that from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? So it's it's weird, <laughs> isn't it, how you develop? Um, mm. But the, the the that other one for me is that Kota Bakir, that white Boba Fett Kota Bakir. I really like Kota Bakir stuff anyway. I think it's really nice quality stuff and it's reasonably priced. Um it looks bad so would, that. Yeah. Yeah, it does, doesn't yeah. it? And I, I intended to go to Bikia for a while. Um, a lot of it's DC stuff. So very nice. Mm. Very nice, man. Um, there's some shite on there as well. Of course. Yeah. There yeah. is some crap on there. What's the, what's the thing that you, like say someone gave you all of this stuff, right? All of it. And they just said, this is all free, but you've got a bin one thing. What would you put in the bin? Uh, it would either be... I'm thinking the rock and socks. Ah, yeah, all the characters, it's be, hasn't it? you know, of all the characters to put on socks. Uh, there's probably fans of Rockham that are like, how dare you? Um, the other thing that I find a little bit cheesy, probably some people would love it, but is the rock love little Kyber crystal necklaces. <laughs> they're yeah. okay, but they're a little bit like, yeah, they just don't look Star Wars enough to me. People are looking at me, what's that? What do you mean you don't know what, what is that? Well, come on, it's a Kyber crystal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It looks like you've got it from Skeggy Market, doesn't it? It doesn't look like a kyber crystal. <laughs> you know what I mean? It looks like it's, uh, it's it's supposed to be an actual, you know what I mean? You, you, you've got to, like you say, you've got to know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is some crap on there, dude. But yeah, most of it's pretty decent. 
it's just you need a big bloody wallet to uh, to pick it all up. Yep. <sighs> You're not kidding. Although we have got some other um, some other goodness that we can that we can spend our money on, um, because there's also from Denuo Novo. I don't know how you say that. Denuo Novo. I'll stick a link in the show notes anyway. Um, a Grogu, a life-sized statue, which is on pre-order, and it's actually. It's actually pretty well done. Now, it is life-size, so if we look at the details of this one, like, this is 15 inches tall. You know, that's a chunk. That's a chunk to have on the old mantelpiece, isn't it? But it's 204 bucks, and uh, it's the face is a little bit off, but actually it's not bad. Some of the stuff that you get at this size um, can look a little weird, and this is actually not bad. Um so it looks quite cute, decent quality by the looks of it, reasonably priced against some of the other stuff. Um, but the website's a bit hardcore because it says all sales final. Like, we're not a car boot. It's all just seen. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's great. And it also you feel like final. ringing him up. Is that Denuo Novo? Yeah. <laughs> you, you got this Grogu statue? Yeah. 150. I'll give you 150 for it. Do you know what I mean? Because the sort of inviting banter and bartering by putting all sales final. So you're like, right, go on then. Let's see what we can do. God. Do you like this? Any good? Uh, yeah, this is okay, this one. Yeah, it's always hit and miss with these statues from various different companies. You've obviously got the stand, like the gold standard, I guess, which is the hot toys and the sideshow and stuff like that. But then when you, I think these guys, uh, yeah, how do you say it? Uh, Denuo Novo. They're known really, I think, for their... Um, for their sort of cosplay helmets and, and whatnot. So I've not really seen them dive into the whole statue thing too much, but it's not too bad. It's got a nice display stand. It's got a little um, plaque at the bottom and stuff. It looks pretty sweet. And it's got the the optional little, um, uh, you know, the, the Mythosaur uh, necklace that you can take off. Why would you take it off? I'm not sure. But uh, unless you had a newborn and you wanted them to wear it, then maybe you'd take it off and make them wear it. But uh, otherwise, it's all right. It's not too bad. I think it's worth 200 bucks, put it that way, because if this was a sideshow or a Hot Toys, we're talking like 800 bucks for a similar-looking statue. So it's all right. It's not bad. Yeah, I agree, man. And like you said, they do seem to get in, into the cosplay a little bit, don't they? They seem to cater to the premium cosplay market with some of the other stuff. Because, like, if you look at some of the other Star Wars stuff, you've got a Star Wars Han Solo signature line shirt, which is just like a, you know, just like a, a top shirt. man, two for 20. <laughs> you know, looks all right. 450 quid. Mm. Right? And then you've got the Han Solo leather jacket from The Force Awakens at 652 quid. So this is like, it seems to be for really hardcore cosplayers because then when you look at the Batman link that's up there it's a Batman 1989 cowl <laughs> like for 774 quid and it's like the full size cowl with the Batman symbol on like and the more ornate Batman symbol from the 89 not the Batman Returns one which is the one that everyone knows mm. with just the straight curls on it um it just sort of seems a weird thing for them to have this 200 book statue and everything else is just cosplay or seemingly cosplay, you know? It's weird. Yeah, maybe it's, um, maybe they're just dipping their toes in with the whole statue thing. Because I'm pretty sure up to now they've only done like full on costumes and how, like some of their helmets look pretty neat, decent. I've not dived into this stuff for so long, dude. I think there was one time about three years ago, maybe four years ago, I was thinking about getting like a full on proper stormtrooper 
outfit and joining up with the old uh, 501st and doing some of that crap at conventions and whatnot. And I think when I was on the forums for that stuff, people were saying, you know, steer clear of the the Denuo stuff. But that was years ago, so I'm, I'm assuming anyway that their quality is up a little bit. But the Batman thing, freaking hell. I mean, is that to where, do you reckon? Is this like a team's meeting? Batman's here. Pretty freaking sweet, but I wouldn't want to break it. Oh, what's the quality like? 750 quid. What's the quality like? You've got to ask yourself. It's for yeah. best. It's for best. <laughs> <laughs> can I wear my cowl? No, it's Thursday, <laughs> right? Well, when can I wear it then? Well, we've got a christening coming up, right? Wear it then. <laughs> we've got, what else we got? That wedding. Julie's getting married. You know, Julie from the warehouse. Yeah, she's getting married. Wear it then. And I suppose wear it for best. It's how it goes, mm. isn't it? You know, you, 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 your mum and dad are like, oh God, stick it in the wardrobe. Stick it in the wardrobe. And then you outgrow it. Never wore that. You know what I mean? Not happening. I'd be wearing that all the time. For that I price. For that, I, I was just going to say that if you're going to drop nearly 800 quid on a Batman cowl, that's getting worn regularly. But it stinks like, inside as well. Oh, dude. Like the, the sweat um, from your head. <laughs> yeah, what's the material? Was it like some kind of... It's like the proper like, pro-UPVC stuff, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, because if that's the case, then that'll be uncomfortable after like 30 seconds. So yeah, uh, oh yeah, it's like proper. Yeah, it's like proper. Well, it's durable fiberglass apparently. Mm. Can't wear that to swim before. Chlorine. Can wear yeah. that swimming. <laughs> Can you imagine that just floating past bloody Batman, just with like some crazy coloured Bermuda shorts yeah. on as well. Right? <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> swimming. You? Yeah, swimming. Time you out. Don't know. I've got about half hour. I think. What are you doing after this? Don't I just get a hot chocolate? <laughs> Warm up. You? Yeah, you get some Cheetos and just get home to the missus. Yeah, right, nice one. Way parked outside. I had to take up two spaces. Car you got? Batmobile. Batmobile. Right, see you later. <laughs> Tumblr. Two spaces, isn't it? Tumblr. Yeah, I was going to bring the long one, but uh, a <laughs> bit of a dick on the one-way system. Oh, I love it. Fuck me. Imagine that. Oh dear. So this is what we used to do, listener, on our old podcast. We used to just talk shit about DC stuff. Mm. And this would have been right up. This would have been our wheelhouse, talking about Batman going swimming. It Definitely. wouldn't have been up our street, mate. It would have been it would have been our, our street. Yeah. It would have been the theme of the episode that week. Yeah. 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 Street. Um Right, last toy news. Um This one I st- <laughs> are like a fifty percent fancy and fifty percent don't, all right? So We've now got pre-order links available for the Black Series, the old classic Hasbro Black Series, which I always enjoy. Obi-Wan Kenobi, from the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, in brackets, Wandering Jedi. Uh, Spoilers, he will wander. And uh, 25 bucks. And it is, I mean, it is is all right, this one. It is all right. Um, So it's a Black Series one, which I'm assuming it'll be the six-inch one. I've probably missed that from the article. Yeah, it is. Black Series six-inch, which is always a good one to get. They look great when they're kept in the boxes, these ones, because the the, the kind of pill boxes uh, always look great, like on the wall. Um, Lightness is pretty good. You can take, you know, he's got his his boots on. He's got his trousers on. He's got his lightsaber. Um, It looks quite nice, in all fairness, mate. It looks quite nice, and it's... um, 
Yeah. I mean, there's not much to say. It's one of those, it's a six inch one that is, you know, for 25 bucks, it's probably worth it. Hmm. I pre-ordered it, mate. Yeah. Might bloody have to. Might bloody have to now. I didn't pre-order. So the, we're looking at this from JediNews.com and they've put links to uh, Hasbro Pulse, but another um, collectible toy uh, website here in the UK called comicsandcocktails.co.uk, which is normally pretty good. But I pre-ordered mine from our friends over at Star Action because uh, I just man. order most things from them. They're just very cool. And they're really reliable with their uh, with their pre-orders and stuff like that. They don't mess you around with things. So uh, I pre-ordered it, dude. I think this looks very cool. I'm not the only thing that I wasn't too uh, sort of taken with, but they can't really do anything about that. It's just the costume that he wears in the program. Is that he looks like he's trying to be trendy with the old turn-up jeans. I know that's not what they are, but that's what they look like from a distance. But other than that, it looks pretty sweet. That is pretty hilarious though, isn't it? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like... Right, got an adventure. What are you wearing? Mm, what kind of worlds are we gonna? Well, you're on Tatooine, right? Might be going to a rainy city world, right? I don't want to take two pair of jeans. Uh, go on, I'll wear these roll-up ones. Do you, are we likely to be going to any restaurants? We might be, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. No, go on, I'll take these in my boots. The boots will be all right, won't they? Because I can run in them as well if we do any running. Yeah. Go on, I'll take... Are you taking your lightsaber? Yeah. Good. And Qui-Gon's like, you know I'm dead, right? You know, I'm, I can't come with you. Like, you're going to go in there on your own. So you can imagine that decision. And like, where's he got a mirror from? Where's that from? Mm-hmm. You know, vanity, path to the dark side. I don't I just don't get it. Because Tatooine does not seem to me like Meadowhall. No, it does not. And uh, where's he getting his gear from? Yeah. To anyone Online. that doesn't know what Meadow, Meadow Hall is, please elaborate. Meadow Hall is a uh, it's a shopping centre in the north of England, based in Sheffield, opened in 1993 and containing approximately two miles of shopping, uh, plenty of parking. It used to be free electronic vehicle chargers, but uh, not anymore. They've put a charge in, and I'll tell you now, that's put me right off. <laughs> so uh, yeah. There you go. So when Mark says Nothing, it's yeah. not like Meadow Hall, it's definitely not. So yeah, uh, it just looks just a bit more trendier. That's, that's that's what it screams to me. Like from the waist down, he's just rocking the whole. All he needs like is a nice pair of Nikes or, a, you know, some Timberland boots or something. A nice pair of Nikes. There you go. Where's he getting them from? Meadow Hall. Meadow <laughs> We've just established, haven't we? That it's not like that. So I don't know. Maybe someone gifted it to him. Maybe some sort of Watto characters just come floating through and he's like, yeah, have some of these. Yeah, lovely. Size 10, beautiful. Yes, please. A little lightsaber holster in there. Yeah. But it does look you know like I mean? a cool figure though, mate. Yeah, and I'll probably uh probably put him out of the box next to Oh, the- yeah, I'm debating whether to do that. So we should talk about yeah. that, right? Mm. What's your out of the box policy generally? Defo out of the box. Really? Mm-hmm. Unless There's it's no some, limits. Actually, well, no, there are, actually, yeah. Unless it's something like, uh, uh, unless the box art itself is beautiful or there's some kind of limited edition thing. Like that Heir to the Jedi thing? Uh, yes, I'll keep that in a box for sure. Uh, the other things that I've kept in the box is when they do the really nice retro packaging 
around yeah, some yeah, of the yeah. special edition Black Series stuff, like the Wampa Beast that I've got. That's probably going to stay in the box. And Palps on the throne, that's probably yeah. going to stay. Other than that, if it's just a standard figure, out of the box, dude, out on the shelf. What yeah. about like sizes? What if it's a six versus three seven five? Like, because the three point seven fives don't look amazing out of the box. It's sort of the artwork does the job for them. But maybe, maybe they're the ones that are a little bit more retro packaged. Mm. Yeah, those ones have actually got the badge on it that says retro on some of them, doesn't it? Yeah. I think uh, it depends on how much you've got. So if you've got a, f- a fair whack of them, then you can display them all together. It looks pretty cool. But if you yeah. just had like six Black Series figures and then two uh, retro line classic, you know, and put those next to it, it'd just be like, well, you've just placed them there. They look a bit tagged on. Mm. And and do you keep the boxes? Nice. I do, yes. Yeah. Even the ones that you have to like sort of rip to get open, so when they're on the pill ones, <laughs> on the pill, <laughs> on the pill, uh, no, Happen. I don't, not those ones. You're not being, um, okay. To be honest with you, the, the bulk of the packaging I've got because I don't really do the whole vintage line, I've only got like half a dozen of those. The bulk of my ones are, are the Black Series ones, so those boxes come in the in the proper clamshell, uh, that you sort of you know, with the, the, the packaging. Actually, there's a big subject, big debate going on at the minute where. Uh, a lot of Star Wars collectors are not happy with the announcement from Hasbro that I mm. think within the next year, maybe year and a half, they're moving away from plastic clamshell um, packaging. They're going to try and go all all cardboard. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's not sitting pretty with people because the shelf life is obviously limited. Like if you uh, if you left a box in the garage for a year, chances are the plastic will survive a little bit longer yeah. versus just a you know plain cardboard box. So. Obviously better for the environment, but yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, it's got to, it's got to do, hasn't it? It's, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it's going. And um, yeah, I've got a lot of those 3.75 ones that, 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 that do look better because of the artwork and that I'd sort of like, I like to pin them on the wall and I've got a bit of shelving and stuff. But I've got a few of the six inch ones that I'm thinking about taking out of the box because running out of a bit of room and I think they'll look better displayed that way. So... To that point, yeah, I'm a bit anal with it. But to the plastic point, I think it's got to be that way um, just because of how it's going. But I do get the collector's chuggering at it. Mm. I don't, you know, I do yeah. I do understand that, but I, I just don't see how companies would get battered left, right and centre if they didn't. You know, I don't think it's easy to balance that. So that is a tough one. It is, yeah. Because I think a lot of, a lot of collectors these days have turned into naturally being traders and some people make a full-on uh, you know, for a full-time job out of, you know, trading and selling Star Wars figures. Yeah. So the the resale value goes down a lot if you can't protect it in the plastic. But like you said, Hasbro will just get battered to, to all hell if they just said, nah, screw the environment. You're just going to keep our collectors happy and make plastic. You know, it just doesn't doesn't work. So. No. You think, um, yeah. like, what's your take on, on, on that whole collecting side? Because my logic was like, regardless of whether they're going to be worth something in the future, I might sell them in the future. But then, the more I think about it, I'm clearly not gonna. So what's the point in keeping them in the package? Like, do you ever envisage you sort of getting rid of everything? Now you're at the age where, you know, your mum's not going to kick you out. You know, it, 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 there's no real reason to get rid of them. You know, do you ever envisage having to box them back up and flog them on? Yeah, now we're both in our 30s and collecting various figures and stuff. Yeah, I would, yeah, I've, I've not considered selling them at all. Uh, that's that's why I've got no problem whacking them out of the box and getting them on the shelf so I can enjoy them 
you know, from that perspective, I just got, I just can't, I just can't, you never know the future, but I can't foresee at the moment, at least yeah. at any time where I just think, oh, I just want to sell all my Star Wars figures or some of them. I just, yeah, not got that mindset at the minute. So I've got the boxes anyway, like I said, but yeah, happy to collect and display dude rather than collect and put away for a rainy day where they might be worth something you know yeah you got to enjoy them haven't you i agree yeah. dude i agree yeah. all right let's shift on uh, i've got a couple of stories um we're, we're gonna go book first and then we're gonna go uh movie um you know we're pretty voracious readers we, we pretty much order everything uh, i ordered a new high republic book the convergence one and uh, then i ordered this one which is The Princess and the Scoundrel, set after the events of Return of the Jedi, which I think is really interesting. We've had a couple of events set after that, you know, the aftermath stuff, but little bits of touching on, on Leia and Han in those books. Uh, the, the, you know, the, and a little bit around Ben, you know, little Ben being a little Bambino, but I think this one will be very, very interesting. So Princess and the Scoundrel um, looks cool. Probably touch on Leia starting the Jedi training, you know, the conception of Ben. We don't know quite how far after Return of the Jedi it's set. But the cover has been released, um, which is pretty, pretty, pretty nice. It was released over at StarWars.com and it's been painted by a chap called uh, Oliver Cuthbertson. And it's just a really nice painted cover of Leia and Han. It's got um, what looks to be like a crystalline sort of, I don't know, hut sort of thing, you know, whatever little thing with some stormtroopers or snowtroopers there. But then it's got, um, it's got the Endor tree villagers and it's got what looks to be uh, a, a sort of a spire from another world on there. And then it's got, it's got the Tantive on there as well. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a very, very, very nice looking cover, dude. It's very romanticized. It's very, looks very well painted. Um, you know, I don't quite know what the book will be like, you know, that's, that that's, you know, by the by at this point, but the cover looks really nice, man. And I've, I, I jumped on the pre-order wagon for this as I always do with the books. So, but yeah, what you make of this work by uh, Oliver Cuthbertson? I love this man. Yeah. I've not pre-ordered this one yet. I will, I will do it at some point. It's, um, it's very cool. Cause it reminds me of, uh, there's a really, really good star Wars artist called Matt Bush. And he typically does this, um, kind of all, uh, non-digital artwork where it's very much, uh, pencils and brushstrokes and stuff that so reminds me of Matt Bush's work and it's really cool I love the title as well you know because you don't really you don't really hear Han as referred to as the scoundrel too much outside of the original trilogy so it's it's very cool to have um to have that in the title which is cool and the story I think the story's just um I think it's just about Han's sake because there's a bit of a synopsis on on the Penguin Random House website for it and it just says you know the Darth Vader's dead. The Empire is is desolate now because the Death Star's destroyed and all that stuff. And um, it's, it's basically around Han just having gone through loads of shit in the last however many years, um, BBY. And it's um, him just basically wanting to slow down a little bit and just be with Leia. That's all he wants to do, apparently. It's just, you know, set up shop with the missus and do all that. So it does sound pretty cool. And I will pre-order it, so... Yeah, looking forward to this one, mate. Yeah, and I love the cover, dude. Love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. You're right, just reading that Penguin Random House description. It feels a bit like, it feels like, obviously, that they're on clearly on like a honeymoon, but it feels like, and if you read the comic where uh, you end up with, uh, it's a DC comic years ago, it's, it's the old, one of the old canon versions of whether of where Superman met Batman or Clark met Bruce, and it was, uh, they're both on this cruise ship, 
and it all goes like pear shaped and Lois is there and I don't know if Selena Kyle's there as well. But they sort of both jump into action and then start realising that, uh, you know, wait a minute, that chin looks a bit like Batman and Bruce is like, yeah, I knew you were Clark Kent about 10 years ago, mate. You know, so it's that sort of, it feels like that sort of thing where it's sort of, it's got this, um, this wanderlust, this wandering kind of vibe to it where, you know, you see these different worlds but always get dragged back into the trouble, which they're always all right tales then. They're always, they're always decent stories because you get a lot of personal interplay, I think, with those because you get that, there's an opportunity to have a little bit of downtime with them. So those kind of books are always really interesting for character development, I think. So, um, yeah, looking forward to, I can't remember when that one comes out. Let's have a quick look. Um, yeah, when is that you doing one out? That, dude? Uh, the other cool little thing in the synopsis is... Um, although the i assume the first third half of the book is around han mm. and leia being on honeymoon and enjoying that time together a bit of a bit of magic time on the old honeymoon uh, one thing that is very cool and i think you and i have said how cool this would be to explore and now they are exploring it is um what happens to all of the uh all of the imperial remnants and soldiers that are throughout the galaxy who weren't destroyed on the second death star who weren't destroyed in the you know the battle and stuff so what do they do do they just like well you know do we take up arms and can you know continue fighting in the name of the emperor because he was badass and we agreed with his political you know we voted for him so let's carry on fighting or is it like shit we're jobless now we have to go and be a moisture farmer somewhere so that's very cool exploring that all the other peeps that weren't killed or destroyed in in the battle of yavin now what do they do so the bit in the synopsis is like um as they're traveling on this very cool ship the halcyon on their honeymoon it becomes abundantly clear the war is not over but as danger draws closer han and leia find that they fight their best battles not alone but as husband and wife so it's a bit of a bit of a cool thing there so i'm hoping just the first bit is going to be lovey-dovey yay let's go and sit on the sand and have a cocktail in the sunset i'm hoping the rest of it is going to explore all the other imperial stuff that's gone on after the emperor's been killed so it should be pretty sweet there's also that little throwaway line in there about it being sort of the dark secret is out you know vader's the dad uh, which i think we've only touched on in this new canon in uh bloodline um, yes. Yeah. Which is the Claudia Gray, but which was really good, and it, it showed. Um, I can't remember the the, the 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 old senator's name that was sort of sort of a, a frenemy of of of, of Leia's when she sort of you know became part of the New Galactic Republic Senate and so on. So that element of the personal side of it, you know, that that whole you know, how do you choose to have a kid when there's that bloodline running through, and that might be quite interesting to see as well. You know, because um, that then leads into Force Awakens and so on. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting actually. I suppose the more you think about it, there's a lot of opportunity um, with that book. Um, speaking of opportunities, let's talk movies. Um, you remember the old Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron got delayed, didn't it? Um, yeah. And we've had things about the Ryan Johnson trilogy, and it feels like you know, although we've had the Kevin Feige bit of information from Michael Waldron last week, it feels like the movies. I wouldn't say have stalled. But the, 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 there hasn't been much news. I'm sure we'll get more news this week with Celebration. Um, but there has been a little bit of um, insight. So Kathleen Kennedy's come out and, 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 and basically said that, look, you know, we, we're not really focused too much on trilogies anymore. We're going to focus on standalone stories that, that, that are, are, are either self-contained or that certainly should perform on their own. And if they lead to trilogies, I assume that will, that will be okay. But that's certainly not, you know, it's not the end game for any movie. Um, and then it was discussed, um, this has been all over the web, but we're sort of reporting this from polygon.com, where 
it'll be the next movie that's released is the Taika Waititi movie, which is supposed to, well, they reckon it's still going to hit that December 2023 slot, which, number, I mean, there's two things to unpack there. The fact that the next movie is the Waititi one, which I think we're all fine with. Um, I mean, that December 2023 slot sounds bollocks, doesn't it? <laughs> there's no other way to put it, mate. Sounds up. No, they can't do Surely, what's that, 18 months? Mm, even for, I don't know, like you said, I think we're all cool with that leapfrogging the, the the Patty Jenkins one. That's all good. Because I think that does need to be fostered a little bit because that could end up like the video game squadrons where it's just a, and it, you're just in an X-Wing or whatever. And it's just limited to that little scope of, of story. So I think that does need the time to really flesh that out. Uh, but the, the, the Watiti one, it's like, we don't even know not that we should know, you know, they don't have to tell us, but we don't even know anything about that. And even if they drafted in all the talent that they've got uh, in-house that they've been able to work on with the Mandalorian series and Boba Fett and, and Obi-Wan, even with all of that talent, that's still a push, man, for next, for next December. I mean, normally a big old film like a Star Wars film or a Pirates of the Caribbean film or a Transformers film, these big old films, they're announced like three maybe four years in advance. And then when the film comes out, you hear, you, you hear all of the kerfuffle behind the scenes. It's like, yeah, this never, almost never got done and that didn't get done and it was a nightmare doing that. So you have to account for, we're no experts in, you know, the filmmaking business, obviously, but one would assume you have to allow for uh, just stuff happening, like script rewrites, you know, stories changing, characters, you know, I've no idea, mate, so... That does seem bollocks. I agree. We shall see. We shall see. It seems like there's a lot of work to do. We don't even know anything about it. We don't know the name of it. We don't know the casting. We don't know any. We, there's nothing really. I'm, I'm sure they're doing piles of pre-production on it, but it just seems weird that because the sheer amount of work that Watiti must be doing on Love and Thunder, which is in due, like that's only two months away now. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't know whether this is true or not, but it feels like the Marvel films always run to the wire. You know, they're always doing really late on last sort of last push reshoots and not, you know, not because there's problems, but because they see in the edit that it flows better if we film it this way and they go back and redo it. So it's, um, it seems like a bit of a last push thing. And then to move straight onto something like Star Wars and do it in 18 months, I just can't see that happening. But then, you know, do they want to lose the slot or is it a Disney slot? Is it just a general Disney slot? You know, I don't know. Um, do we get a Marvel movie? In, in, instead so I suppose we'll see but yeah the, the first part of that tale of it of it being the Watiti movie that's that's, that's leapfrog Patty Jenkins I think is totally cool I'm, I'm certainly not against that and I don't think anyone would be I think Taika Watiti's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of uh, uh, <laughs> credits in the geek world you know he's done his job hasn't he he's uh, yep. yeah, he's, he's done some work <laughs> on the Mandalorian he's he's done some alright work so We'll see. I don't think anyone's pissed about that part of it, but we'll see. We'll see. It just seems the movies are just so... They're still the bits that they still don't know what to do with, doesn't it? You know, I, 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 that can't be the case, but it still feels like they're just trying to figure it out. It does, doesn't it? It feels like... It feels like they were figuring it out, but then they very quickly realised the the opportunity and the and the benefits to be reaped through the the Disney Plus stuff. So they kind of put the handbrake on the films mm. and then just went hell for leather on the Disney Plus TV stuff. 
And now it feels like they're trying to figure that out again. Like, how do we get the films rocking and rolling that can either complement the Disney Plus stuff or not compete, you know, and, and, and shoot ourselves in the foot? So maybe we'll get something at Celebration, mate. Maybe we'll get this. Maybe there'll be a panel and Watiti's there and he's like, oh, yeah, you've heard about the film. Here's the title. Yeah. December 20. Maybe we'll get something. Who knows? Do you know what I don't want at Celebration is one of those slides that they did. You know, 2023, <laughs> film one, film mm. two, 2024. And I just fuck off with that. Like you've screwed that up. Marvel does it. You don't have to do it. Just, you know, if Marvel jumped off a cliff, would you follow him? No, mum, I wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? So it's mm. just announce one or two firm things. I think that would get Star Wars the brand. And even Kathleen, Kitt, like what's, what's Mike Zero going to say about that? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You and know, if this film, if, if this, if this news is legit, and this is going to come out in 23, then now is the time to announce that. So if this is your concrete, you've already done all the pre-production and you're literally just about to roll into filming the thing, the cameras are rolling, and that gives you six months of filming and then another year, a whole year on post-production and visual effects, then announce it. This, this is your concrete thing to do. So yeah, we don't need one of those slides, man. We don't need a next slide. Is like 90 films that are coming out over the next five years. You all know it won't happen. So Disney Plus is looking good though, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> Moving on. Oh, remember, remember Mandalorian? <laughs> oh, oh. He'll tell you. Yeah. He'll tell you. <laughs> I like the one you do about his little Yoda friend. Don't do anything about his little Yoda friend. That's, oh. Anyway, it's there's a new movie coming next year. Swears in his mum's grave. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. Can you promise? Yeah, just a voice from the audience. Can you promise yeah. that? I well, have on his mother. <laughs> and then you've basically got another slide, right? Mandalorian, Obi Wan Kenobi, Ahsoka, right? All these different things, and then up there you've got like the Ryan Johnson trilogy. And it's like you're safe. You're safe. You know. You're safe. You're <laughs> Ryan Johnson's just a bald-haired, annoying like guy in the audience that he just will never get committed to. And it's just, oh, but you God. can't let it go. You can't ever say that's been cancelled. It's just, you know, that's... Oh, you can imagine know. it, mate. We know the little laser pointers, just like wiggling <laughs> around that one. You're safe. You're safe. Go past the Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah. You know? You're, You're safe. All right. Oh. God. And then it's like two years time. Are you saying, Ryan Johnson, that you faked high blood pressure to get out of Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> Am I? Oh. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just off to do Knives Out 3. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's the real quiz. That's the real film. No shit. This is how it goes down. Definitely. I, I recognise. And then Taika yeah. Waititi is just on the size like, he directed Knives Out 3. What have you ever done? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it now. Mate, you can't make it up. It matches up. We've said this for years, mate. We've said it for decades. Everything in the office, the UK version, you can apply to anything. Oh, you absolutely really can. anything. Every perfect. single situation. You actually can. <laughs> People say we're just a pair of tits. All right, let's stick a pin in it. Let's stick a pin in it there. That's, uh, yeah. Oh, no, all it is. <laughs> hey, we're uh, together next week, aren't we? At the podcast show in London. We should, oh, yeah, um, we are. Why don't we do Spark Rebellion live on our, because we'll have all the gear with us. Yeah. 
we may or may not do Spark of Rebellion next week. Listener, if you... Uh, <laughs> will we... Right, this is how it goes down, listener, right? Before we recorded, Mark had his oh, boss yeah. hat, if he is the boss. He had his boss hat on, talking to the team. He's like, look, it's going to be fucking mental next week. It will be mental. Yep. And now he's like, yeah, we'll just go off and do this. No. So we may or may not have an episode out next week. We'll find but time. We, <laughs> we may or may not have one. If we don't have one, that's all right. It's, not, it's fine. God. It's fine. Right. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. This is his mission. No, you're right. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's yeah. like, right, we we're going to do one now. You said that. Gary Lineker's there. I'll get him on. Go flick his ears. Wait. Tell us about Gaza. Oh, he was in Star Wars. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Go away. Give me the mic back. Give me the mic back. Gary, give me the... Thank you. Right. Go. Planning on doing some uh, some quick little, very quick fire interviews with people creators yeah. exhibitors might just sneak in a couple of star wars questions at the end by the way prequels do. or sequels yep. yeah play that if anyone answers sequels send them my way you're gonna go rocky on them big time yep might even go uh drago on them i'll go that far who knows, who knows? It's too much especially in this climate good god don't want any of that Oof. no thank you right so we might do an episode next week. We will. Let's stick a pin in it there for this week's episode. I was going to say the episode number. Can't remember what it is. 155, probably. 156, five. mate. There you go. You did that last week. I did it this week. Right. Not, it's not funny, is it, when you're when you're the one that's messing it up? No, no, no when you're in the hot seat, is it? No yeah. one's laughing now. All exactly. right, well, look, that is a wrap for this week. This has, of course, been Spark Rebellion. Thanks so much. Honestly, we uh, we just get to do this on a Friday, which and people listen to it. It's insane. So thanks for letting us do it. Uh, we appreciate it. It's, it's always nice to see. I'm looking forward to number one Obi-Wan Kenobi next week. Cannot wait for that. And we are, of course, going to talk about Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim as well. I'm sure there'll be some fantastic tidbits and some news coming out of there. So really looking forward to getting up to date on those two things with you, the ever-present listener. So from me, it's good night. Thank you very much. Look after yourself. And Gaz, always a pleasure, my man. Always good to have the old Bants. The old Bants indeed. Yes, it's been great. And you're right. We are very lucky and fortunate to be able to, to kick back on a Friday and do this podcast. And thank you, as Mark said at the very beginning, to our patrons. We love you guys. Thank you very much for your continued support. And if you want to crack on and support us, like our current patrons, like those awesome, amazing people, you can do that. Star Wars. Uh, sorry. So I, why do I always do StarWars.com? I, I don't work for Lucasfilm. I, do I want to? Don't want to. But if they ask me, still it's don't want to. in the end. Yeah. Head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon. That'll send you over there and you can jump on from a dollar upwards. And, uh, yeah, you can uh, get some swag, some SOR stickers and whatnot. And we'd love to have you. So thank you very much. And that all being said, until next week, maybe next week for episode 157, may the force be with you always. <laughs>